You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCart. Welcome back, bitches. <laughs> Sorry, you have to say that since today we're talking about sweary words. But before we do that, we want to kind of update you guys on what we've been doing with the podcast, with the social medias, and with the website. So Mm -hmm. what are we doing, Erin? We are trying to be a little bit more business-like about this. We're trying to reach more ears and increase our listenership. And so we have decided to work with Tori Hudson, and he is... Um, taking some pictures of us and telling us how social media works. <laughs> That's the biggest thing is we need to learn how social media works. <laughs> right. And really challenging us to think about what we're doing in a little different way. And so that has been a definite opportunity for growth for me as I'm starting to change my perception of of a lot of different things in, in what we're doing. We were very concerned when we started this that we wanted to put out a product that would be worth listening to and we could do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And I think more or less we have achieved those goals. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to. Right. So now we're going to work on some of the, the other parts of this, like really branding us and marketing us differently and, and trying to bring more people in who might enjoy the topics we cover and the just kind of general usness of all of this. So that's what we're up to. Yep. I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat terrifying at the same time. Oh, yes. As a product of the 80s and 90s, where we didn't really take pictures of much of anything. I mean, I have pictures, but there aren't a lot. So <laughs> this, we need pictures of everything all the time is a bit much and a little bit overwhelming, but we will try our best to get ourselves out there and hopefully you guys enjoy it. So yeah. So let us know what you like. Yeah. Let us know if you have suggestions, if there's specifics that you would like to see or hear more of, we would be open to that. It'd be very, very helpful at this point. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we hope that you're enjoying this. We have had a blast. We had a photo shoot a couple weeks ago that was absolutely hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) We can't take anything seriously is what it comes down to, I think. Yeah. I know. And then I'm thinking, what do you think Tori's thinking when he's taking our picture and we're like, Ooh, can we do Charlie's angels? (laughs) He's probably like, we're such "Um, children. Can we prorate that refund? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So it's very nice to be working with someone who's hip and with it as opposed to me. Who's just awkward. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's Gen Mm -hmm. X, but I think I'm going to need proof of that because he seems a lot more (laughs) hip than we are. So I agree. I agree. He's going to have to show his birth certificate or something. I don't believe Mm -hmm. it. Driver's license. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. So again, any suggestions, any comments, please let us know. Talk to us. We'd be happy to hear from you. So love it. Yep. Okay. Now with that today, we're going to cover Netflix's the history of swear words. Now I probably will call it swear words throughout this. I don't know why, but that's what's in my brain. So that's where we are. It's just more fun. It is more fun. Yeah. In my meager opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and our opinions are the only ones that matter for our podcast. So there we go. 
This was released in 2021. It was directed by Avez Delia. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a lovely name. And it was narrated by one Nicolas Cage. Perfect fucking choice. You know it's legit, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are six episodes. They're each about 20 minutes, which is perfect because you can just put one on at night and watch it and not feel obligated to sit and slog through two hours of something or whatever. Sure. They're just delightful and short. They have a lot of comedians in here. It's so funny. I loved everything about it. I did too. Laughing out loud half the time. I made a kid come and watch it, part of it, and they were highly impressed. So you know it's legit. Right. Right. So good. So good. So let's talk about episode one. We start with the grand dam, if you will. The big word, the mother fuck. (laughs) The mother fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I like that they say that this... This is possibly one of the most malleable words. And I agree. It is just the best sentence enhancer. You could throw it in anywhere. You could throw it into the middle of a word and it, it fits. It works. No matter what you do with it, it works. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a verb. It's a noun. It's a plane. It's, you know, it's stronger <laughs> than steel. It's all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. Again, all of the good comedians, I mean, all of them. Jim Jeffries, Nikki Glazier, um, Zinab Johnson, all singing praises of the word fuck. Like, would they even have any kind of a routine if they didn't have the word fuck available? Uh, Jim Jeffries definitely would not, <laughs> for yeah. one. We do have some actual professional people in this to make it a proper documentary. We have Corey Stamper, who is a lexicographer. Is that a right word? Lexicographer. Yes. I worried about that, too, so I'm glad you said it first. (laughs) Yeah, she's working with Merriam-Webster to kind of do definitions and make sure that they're appropriate and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know that was an option as far as careers go. So I learned something here as well. Right. And one of her jobs there was to work on profanities. Mm -hmm. That makes the The job even better. Yeah. At some point, I do like that she says that definitions have to be updated with the times and that a lot of times they're not. So we'll talk about that throughout. Mm -hmm. But as society changes, definitions change. So one, Benjamin Bergen, PhD, cognitive scientist, author of What the F, the most normal looking white person man ever. I would not have looked at him and said, he drops an F-bomb. Mm-mm but still managed to be the most interesting person at the party, every mm-hmm. party he's ever been to. Right. I'm going right. to be like, tell me more about what you do. There's mm-hmm. also Melissa Moore, who's a PhD writing about swearing, just not necessarily fuck, but just all of the swears. Mm-hmm. Um, and she makes quite a few appearances throughout this little series as well. They don't say a PhD of what just PhD in her case. And I'm like, yeah, is it something that you're ashamed of ma'am? That you don't want to put that out there. We'll just put the piece. Do you think it's so long that they couldn't fit it all in a little <laughs> nice Fan capped uh, little area? Yeah. That could be it too. We'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say mm-hmm. that's probably the case. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So let's talk about where fuck came from. It's ultimately about fucking, right? Is what they said. Mm-hmm. But from the 5th to the 13th century, fuck didn't mean sex. It meant something more like punching or hitting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. 
However, in the 14th century, now we're getting a link to Bonin. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that they say, like, it lived free as a non-banned term. It was just out in the world living its best life. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about how people create create their own history for the world. They're like, oh, this absolutely came. They call it acronymic etymology. It's the practice of using letters in a word to create its origin story. Mm -hmm. So some people decided that fuck actually meant fornication under consent of the king because people needed to get the king's consent to get married. You weren't supposed to have sex outside of marriage. Therefore, the king had to consent to sex. That's not true. It's fucking bullshit. I mean, yes, they did have to get <laughs> consent to get married, but that, that's not where the word came from at all. How did the king get anything done? You know what I mean? Like people get married all the time. So I hope he just rubber stamp that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else can surely take care of that. Right. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was just like nobles that had to get consent. They don't care about the plebes procreating, but family lines, they have to keep uh, know, yes. clean and like whatnot. Like purebred dogs. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Just like dogs. Can I talk to you? that my boyfriend Nick Offerman is in this. He mm -hmm. doesn't know. Sorry, Megan Lally. But um, nonetheless, so he's talking about, there used to be some interesting names in the 1300s. John LeFucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, Fuck Butter. That was one that I jotted down because I'm like, well, that's just too good to let slip by my ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is where we start to see it. In writing. Yeah. yeah. My favorite was actually Roger Fuck by the Naval. <laughs> so I like how it's described as was he an inelicate ejaculator or did he just get hit a lot or punch other people in the stomach? Like it could go anywhere. That name is open to interpretation. Yeah. Old timey shit is so funny to me. <laughs> so. At this point, we kind of talk a little bit about swearing spontaneously and automatically is a bit of an evolutionary reflex. So there is a biological impulse to cuss when you stub your toe or whatever. And so they're telling us that that's our emotional, like our lizard brain, like coming to the forefront. And it's supposed to help relieve your pain. It's supposed to help you express strong emotion. So in a certainly in our society when you're not supposed to feel anything ever um, except for maybe joy could be useful. Right. I like how they say it, it produces adrenaline, but it must only produce adrenaline when you use it if you get hurt. Right. Because if that were the case, I would have so much energy. I could push my car to work. I cuss way <laughs> too often. And it's something I was actually thinking about last week. I was like, I'm going to have to really kind of tamp that down a little bit to be a little bit more professional in life. <laughs> But you think so? I think eventually I'm going to have to be a girl. I would like to mention, well, I don't, I don't think we can be friends if that's the case. So please don't <laughs> change. Okay. Saying fuck can increase your grip strength by 5%. Yeah. That's a statistic. I assume that's what men do when they masturbate. No? Helps. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They will now. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't have any kind of, um reference for that, but I, I believe it in my heart. <laughs> so then we talked to somebody named Elvis Mitchell. He's the host of The Treatment. And he is talking about, in 1971, the word fuck is SCOTUS protected speech. So kind of think of 
Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland in the 60s, they were protesting, fuck the army, right? So this is in the time of the Vietnam War. I mean, Hanoi Jane, she has yeah. forever been labeled that way. I mm-hmm. wasn't aware that the guy from Animal House was such a big <laughs> protester. <laughs> hey, this is my job. That guy? Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has done some other things. He had to break away from that, but yeah. I like how they bring mm. up NWA because they sing fuck the police, as we all know, mm-hmm. um, which was a big to do. And I think a lot of times the police, when they were playing the music, were so pissed that they would try to find reasons to arrest them above and beyond them saying fuck the police because they can't arrest them for that. I think it's really interesting. Um, there's a comic named Open Mike Eagle. <laughs> it's <laughs> a great greatest name ever yeah and he's saying that this is really a statement of disappointment because the police are supposed to protect and serve not just beat the shit out of you and Mm -hmm. shoot you at every available moment and sort of that is the the sentiment behind these statements and my midwestern upbringing did not that that's new information right i didn't understand that so Mm -hmm. but they also said that they had taken profanity and raised it to a form of art and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but they talk about it's been used in protests. It has a lot of emotion behind it. So it's a very good word to use when you're trying to get a message across like that. It is the most used swear word in the English language and also the most censored. They talk about how it's often not censored by necessarily the government. People who are self-censor- self-censoring that it's more of a moral code and, you know, it's bad for the kids and all that stupid bullshit. They're words, people. They're just words. Calm down. Well, I like, too, there's a lot of discussion about swearing in media, right? So in this case, we're talking about if fuck is the most censored and the most used and you're working within, like, the Hayes Code, which is the governing code of movies and stuff like that, you can only get one fuck in and still not have an R rating, a PG-13 rating. Well, the Hayes Code, I don't think, would allow any fucks. That was prior to the MPAA. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really funny that there was a lot of... Sarah Silverman talks about being in the School of Rock, and they, they're like, okay, we've only got one fuck that we can use to use keep our PG-13 rating. Where are we going <laughs> to use it? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like that. I don't know how you just float that out among some people who are very funny out of like the outtakes. Oh my god! I would love to have. Yeah, the yeah. editor they was have to be like, available god somewhere. Damn it! Um, <laughs> when I like how they can have one fuck in a PG-13 movie, but it can't refer to the act of fucking. Right? It can only be like just a random expletive or whatever. So shits are okay though. Just mm-hmm. saying. Well, I mean that's funny. People like to talk about feces mm. toilet humor never not funny at its finest <laughs> we get a list of hollywood sweariest actors and i have to say that most of us most of american society would probably think that samuel L. jackson is probably top of that list right when they ask the question they're like well who who's got the record i was like 100 percent samuel l jackson i mean right? snakes in a plane right right the whole movie was written around the word fuck the line 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. In reality, who's number one? It's Jonah Hill. Jonah fucking Hill. <laughs> what? And they say he got it. Yeah, from Wolf of Wall Street, where he has a whopping hundred and seven f bombs. Drop it. Mm. I don't think it's just f bombs. I think it's just swearing in general. But yeah, still. Okay, gotcha. Hundred and seven mm. times in one movie. That was his entire script. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a that was a shock to all of us. Actually, number two was Leonardo DiCaprio. Samuel L. Jackson wasn't there until he was number three. He wasn't even the top two. He was number three. That's shocking to all of us. You need to up your game, uh, yeah. Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up with Jonah Hill. Jesus Christ. That's hilarious. Anyway. Okay, so kind of wrapping up our little movie talks here. Um, so the fuck made the small screen in MASH in 1970. I guess there was one in there. That knew, was the right? major motion picture. That was big screen, I think. Okay. And then South Park movie in 2004. So that's where the small screen one was. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they said. Either way, mm-hmm. it took too long to get fuck on, on screen, period. <laughs> but there were sex scenes, so there was fucking on fucking. screen. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there sure was in the 60s and 70s. Oh, my goodness. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Okay, so that sort of wraps up episode one. Just, uh, we learned a little bit about swearing in general. Learned about the word fuck mm-hmm. and its history. Now we move on to episode two, which is about shit. (laughs) (sighs) So when you move into, when you move into shit, our host with the most Nick Cage is like sugar, honey, and iced tea. So he's like trying to make some very clever alliterations. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Evidently a, we got a Puffer's agreement there, which is lovely. Uh-huh. And so all our comedian friends are talking about, like, shit is really complimentary to the other swears. Like, yeah, it's like a little bit of an enhancement. That's sort of how right. they seem to most enjoy using mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be used in a mirrored way. Much like all the words on our list, it can be used good, it can be used bad. It, it just has a whole life of its own. But it didn't start off as a swear word. It was just the word for excrement. I like how they say it's an Anglo-Saxon word. And all I can think of is not Greek, not Greek. It doesn't everything come from Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what we've been taught to believe. If you are an aficionado of uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Mm -hmm. Everything's Greek. So the word then begins to kind of access those deep cultural taboos and that moves it into the swear category. So then we start to move into, yeah, the newest, the newest form of shit. (laughs) Well, can we talk about the fact that they said that in medieval English, they use it, you know, it was kind of a medical text thing, but they also talked about that going to the bathroom was a communal experience. Horrifying. I assume you repress that. <laughs> That's why people died so early. They were just like, I just exploded on the inside. <laughs> it was a very common thing. You would sit next to your family, sit next to people. There were public houses for it. And I'm like, I, no, thank you. No, it must have smelled so oh, bad. Oh, that's what I thought too. I was just like, Mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. We have another folk etymology of 
ship high in transit, and that's how we got shit, which is a reference to 1800 shipping of manure, and you had to store it high. You couldn't store it at the bottom of the ships because of the fumes, but you had to store it on the deck. I'm not sure how much higher we were getting. <laughs> that I'm like, right. not showing ships with scaffolding or something, but I was like, okay. But also, could we talk about the fact that whoever thought of this, obviously they think about of all the things that you have to ship from one place to another because it's not there. Shit is everywhere. Shit is literally <laughs> everywhere. So that's something that you don't have to take with you. <laughs> you can leave that behind. I mean, new shit where yeah. you're going. <laughs> literally. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Mm. So Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is an actor from The Wire, which I've never seen. And every time I say that, I I get raised eyebrows as if I've never watched TV at all. So now I'm just doing it for spite. Yeah. But he's famous for shit talk, basically, right? And so he's from South Bend, Indiana, and he talks about kind of blending a little bit of that pronunciation. And so he's the kind of first guy that was saying shit, sort of. Well, he kind of drags out too. He's like she like he would just drag it way out <laughs> really emphasize it and I love that right. cracks me up every time I hear it oh my god he's adorable I I really enjoyed watching him the rest of the documentary he like <laughs> kind of makes some appearances and he just seems like the coolest yeah I like how Elvis said shit is to Isaiah Whitlock as fuck is to Samuel L. Jackson and that should be an SAT question <laughs> yeah yes mm-hmm so then we go back to Corey, who's talking about you feel better after swearing. There's some pain threshold studies, and that's really helpful. It's just, again, it's just sort of something that we use. I mean, there is a basic function behind it. It's not just like bad manners or low education or whatever. It's it's served something. But I think it's also really funny that you can say fudge and get the same thing. So it's like, all right. Which is why I'm like, just say the word, right? We know what you mean. It has the same connotation at that point. So just fucking say it. 100%. So then they show that they do a little bit of a challenge with um, our commentators. It's an ice water challenge. So you stick your arm or your hand in a bucket of ice water. And they're saying some are allowed to cuss. And some are allowed to... They're not allowed to cuss. They can say anything else that they want, but they're not allowed to say some of the words that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that the people who are able to cuss are able are going to be able to like endure longer. And I mm-hmm. think they did prove it, at least in our small sample set here. Yeah. Well, the official study, they said it could increase your time in the water 50%, right? And here, the first person pulls their hand out at 53 seconds with no swearing. And the last person is like two minutes and 19 seconds. And they were definitely swearing. So... Uh, one person was saying the alphabet mm-hmm. and that did not help at all. <laughs> so <laughs> you get a, you get a good range in between there, but it would be interesting to change it up and then have the same people do the test later with the opposite. Like one is wearing now they're not to see if they could still hold, like maybe it's just their pain mm-hmm. tolerance. I don't know. I love that your science brain is kind of like, I need more information. <laughs> no, I need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So I need more empirical evidence here. I would also like to point out that the longest holder inner was Nikki Glaser, who is a lady. A lady. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They bring up the famous case of one Phineas Gage. And if you've taken even a high school psychology class, you've learned the lesson of a gentleman in 1948 who was working on the railroad and it was an accident and a railroad tie went straight, like it entered in his cheek underneath his eye and went straight through his brain and shot Did out. Did you of his say skull. 1948? I thought 1848. That's what yeah. I had to. Yeah. If I said it incorrectly the first time, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's possible. Hmm. He did survive this accident, which most people were surprised by, but he was a very different person. He wasn't like very nice anymore. He was much um, more vulgar. And I guess what happened was because it pierced his frontal lobe, which is kind of the part where reasoning comes in and planning and stuff. But he couldn't, um, like when he would try to form words, the only ones that would come to him were like the vulgar ones. And so he lived out his life just living probably a sweet, sweet life. He probably got some disability from the railroad and was just like, fucking hell, all the time. I don't know. I mean, I hope that that's the case. I feel like workers' rights weren't great at this time, so we don't <laughs> necessarily know. Probably not. But no. yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, because it's a, so your frontal lobe is where your inhibition lives, right? So mm-hmm. loss of inhibition might also contribute to some of this, which yeah. is pretty funny. And yeah, I love that stuff. I mean, like he's, He's, yeah, often quoted for all kinds of interesting things. So mm-hmm. so they talk about how shit became offensive. It was inoffensive for a long time because it was only used to refer to actual shit. And then we stopped using it for a while because plumbing came indoors. And so it became, using the facilities became a less communal thing. It was more private. And therefore, oh, thank God. I know. But therefore it became taboo. Right. And right. private is taboo, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They say around the 30s, we see more compound words like shit face, shit head, chicken shit. <laughs> it's so funny to think that these didn't always exist. Right. Right. I can't wait for the new ones to come up. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's come a long way. It's offensive enough that you still get some credibility as a kid for using it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's not so offensive that it. Uh, that it hurts like most people's feelings. Like they're like, it's fine. Right. There's a lot of talk about censorship at this time. Again, coming back to some of those raunchy lyrics of the eighties and stuff like that. And if you remember anything about Tipper Gore and the Congress oh, hearings and mm-hmm. Dee Snyder going to talk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love that he just schooled everybody. Like, I don't know why there's an association that if you, speak in a certain way that you're less educated, but they definitely highlight this several times in here. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of judgment if you're of a certain social class about using profanity and swearing and stuff like that. And I think that a lot of what we're talking about in this documentary shows that that's not necessarily true. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. But from those hearings, we got the parental advisory stickers, which (laughs) cracks me up because in reality, that just means that's the one I'm going to have to buy. I have to know what's in there. I'm sure it helps sales immensely. <laughs> right? A hundred percent. It's yeah. like banned books. Now you have to read them. Yes. Because the kids are going to be like, what don't they want me to hear? I mean, like. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. I like how they also bring up that AAVE, which I am pretty sure is African-American vernacular English, has saved us because they took shit to the shit. Mm-hmm. which is where we live now because it's a positive thing to be the shit. And I use that phrase 
far too often. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, we, we get to thank black people for everything. Yes. Yes. Bailed out. And again, reinvented by creative people in the black community. Love it. Mm -hmm. But we kind of end up this episode just with it's come a long way. It's really not that bad anymore. And it's really just a couple decades behind crap, which is not a bad word at all anymore. So (laughs) pretty soon, right on. on. It'll be just common language and you'll be able to put it on your resume. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) Moving on to episode three, you bitch. Yeah, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a lot of discussion in this one about the ability to disempower, but also the ability to empower women. So it really depends on context and who you're talking to and how well you know each other. That's the the whole gist of this episode in 10 seconds. Oh, absolutely. Because anytime a man uses the word, it's because women are being uncontrollable. They're too loud. They're too opinionated. They're too something that you don't like. You've said no to them <laughs> at some point in time. So it's really not advised for straight men to call any woman a bitch. It's just... Let's just don't. Mm-mm. You are absolutely asking for trouble. Yes. And this is where we meet Virial Miller Young. She's a PhD and professor of feminist studies. Her specialty is around sexuality and race. Mm-hmm. I, she, I need to sit and have coffee with this woman. She sounds like the most amazing woman. I know. I was like, can I be her when I grow up? Again, I I'm like the most interesting specialties for your career is what I'm learning from so many Mm -hmm. of these, these episodes in particular, but some of the other documentaries that I'm like, Oh, that is awesome. Didn't even know there were options. I know. I know. Yes. But she talks about how bitches used to disempower women. And it has been for many, many years. Benjamin is back. He says, if a woman is addressed as a bitch, it's defamatory. When addressed to a male, it's also defaming him because they are bad in a way that is female like. Ugh. So it's just, bad to be anything like a female period problematic so Corey comes back and she says that the word bitch is about a thousand years old initially referencing the old standard female dog so mm-hmm. as a kid i think we all went through the period of being like "Ooh, that's a female dog you know like we can say it that's thing. what it means yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and then in the 1400s It becomes a slur. So a little bit about a dog in heat. And then there's sort of an association with women who are lewd or sexual at all. God forbid, enjoy sex, want to have (laughs) sex. We can't have that. Just lay there and take it, bitch. (laughs) Right. Like it's your duty. How wonderful. Mm. They talk about how it grows then to refer to, as I said, women who are uncontrollable, loud, unlikable, but it really spikes during the suffragette movement. Because as we all know, no one liked those women. Wanting rights and shit? Calm down. And then it and then it kind of dies down for a bit and it comes back during women's lib <laughs> in the 60s and 70s. Right? Second yeah. wave feminism. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I like how they come around and say, well, because women wanted to be treated equal, they're like, well, we can call you a bitch because you said it was fine to call you a bitch. And I'm like, that's not exactly what was said, but whatever. So Nick talks to us about some of the most famous bitches in history. <laughs> Nefertiti, mm-hmm. an Egyptian queen. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. is there a pharaoh? I don't know if there's a female name. Pharaoh, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
You heard it here first. Um, Elizabeth <laughs> Bathory, who is kind of associated with some vampire legends, but bathing in virgin blood. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the possibility that she was maligned because she was a powerful woman. Yep. Lizzie Borden gave her father 40 wax. <laughs> and Anna Wintour, who is kind of the modern day quintessential bitch, right? So wasn't um, The Devil Was Prada kind of based off of her? Yes, supposedly. That's true. So she's a magazine editor of Vogue. This is the Anna Wintour, not uh, Miranda Priestley, who is in The Devil Wears Prada. So. Yep. yep. Yeah. Go listen to that episode of uh, You Are Good. That's another podcast. So maybe uh, <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a good nice. one. So Corey comes back and she's talking about bitches being reclaimed. Muriel talks about empowerment and reclaiming kind of a recognition of struggles. So the women in this episode are talking about a woman can call another woman a bitch lovingly. You can also be real shitty about it. It just really depends on who you are and who they are in your context. Right. And open Mike Eagle actually says something. He says there's a certain magic to slurs that only the people in the targeted group have the right to play with it and make it into something else. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. So as women, we can yes. use that with another woman. I called one of my dear friends a bitch the other day. I said, bitch, you made me cry. But it's loving <laughs> and endearing. It's not meant in a negative way. I don't know that I often say it in a negative way anymore. Mostly it's just fun. I mean, if you're really going after another woman, there's a better word. <laughs> oh, that's. but that's also one of my favorite words, but I don't use it in that way generally yeah. not towards women sure. just towards men <laughs> there's a little bit of a blurb here that talks about Hemingway using bitch and bitch goddess and it's a bit of a loving like an endearing term but I don't know it just doesn't land that way for me I guess mm-hmm. so bitch goddess is a force of nature uncontrollable this is again said from the male perspective so it's not great. No. Then they talk about black musicians and jazz clubs um, would sing. And, and a lot of these women would express their sexuality and use curse words and just get it all out. Right. And they talk about Lucille Bogan. Girl. Girl. Those lyrics. She was singing shit like, you can fuck my cock or suck my cock, baby, until the cows come home. And... This was in the 1930s. This was 100 years ago yes. that she was saying this. And they're playing it. And everybody's face is like, ooh. I know. It is something else. I love how people are like, oh, Cardi B, you know, music used to be, like, classy. And I'm like, oh, nope. It's always been trashy for the right reason. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there are some, I love the Start Me Up from the Stones. There's a, that's a reference to her. That's kind of a nod. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. They were my favorite anyway, but the last several documentaries, I'm like, they're super bitching. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> they're bitching. They're so bitching. Yeah, they are. <laughs> we start to see a, a, a reclamation in the 60s. In 1968, Joe Freeman published the Bitch Manifesto about what it means to be a bitch, what it means to lean into bitchhood, which I feel like all mm-hmm. us bitches are doing. <laughs> 90s and the 2000s bitches being used positively in music think about meredith brooks who sang the word or the song bitch and lizzo obviously she's 100 percent that bitch queen latifah with you and i ty 
who you calling a bitch? I will fucking always love Queen Latifah. I just, everything about her, everything about her. I know. I love her too. But they talk about gay men are also reclaiming the word because they've been called bitches because they were feminine or less masculine or perceived as whatever. So they get called bitches Mm -hmm. and now they're taking the word back as well. Good for them. Yeah, because, I mean, to be a bitch is to be passive, right? So it's to be a receptacle. And I'm like, I am having trouble writing this down. (laughs) So insulting. So I love that people are kind of thumbing their, their, you know, just coming right out of it and not accepting it in that way. It's helpful. Yeah. But they also say because of the patriarchy that we live in, we'll never really fully be able to reclaim that word. But like you said, context is key. It depends on who's the speaker. What is the intention of the speaker? What is the perception of the hearer? And I think the key here is to know your audience. When you're speaking, when you're using curse words, when you're talking at all, know your audience (laughs) and speak appropriately. I mean, this is the lesson I'm trying to get out to my kids. Like swearing is appropriate part of the time, right? Like there's definitely moments when that's okay. You just got to be able to discern Mm -hmm. when to do it. Um, So, you know, we cuss at my house. I don't know. Um, We do too. I do. I do have a rule that my kid can't call me a bitch because I'm like, Hussy, fine, biatch, maybe that's okay. <laughs> right. Maybe I'm part of the older generations because in this it mentioned specifically that older generations don't always tolerate bitches well. So maybe we're on the cusp. So it's kind of funny to think about yeah. you know, how you feel depending on who's saying stuff to you. It absolutely depends on who says it to me and how it's said. If I'm in the middle of a fight <laughs> with one of my kids or my partner and he's like, listen, bitch, oh, no, this is done. <laughs> We're done. I expect that at that moment you would call me and be like, do you have a shovel? (laughs) (laughs) I have three. Let's, where are we going? So absolutely. Just remember that I'm a chemist and I can get rid of a body without any evidence whatsoever. I'm just saying, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Kidding. I'm not a good chemist. (laughs) I can't do that. You're so awful. Okay. (laughs) So kind of wrapping this one up, bitch is more weaponized than a lot of the other swears. And so- Mm you know, we still have to tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be yep. nice people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Episode four is about dick. And every time I say it, I have to say it just like that. I can't say dick. dick. It's dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much more fun. It is. Please everyone go and listen or go watch this episode because Nick Cage at the beginning swaps Nick for dick and it is hysterical. <laughs> to start doing that right don't be a nick dude don't right (laughs) way to go nickhead it's yeah it's pretty good Mm -hmm. benjamin comes back and says some stuff that i think in editing he might have wanted to say differently he said (laughs) everyone loves dick it's short it's punchy what a swear should be and i'm like he's talking about the word dick yeah (laughs) body part dick and I'm like, maybe he did it on purpose. I don't know, but I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well so done, much sir. Fun. We didn't know you had mm. it in you. Yeah. Corey tells us that the word dick as a sexual tool has always been kind of taboo, right? Muriel says when they were excavating Pompeii, they found a city awash with dicks, right? Dick graffiti, dick on the statues, dicks everywhere. And so 
what did the archaeologists do with all them dicks, Erin? <laughs> they chiseled off them Pompeii dicks. <laughs> and they put them in like a museum, a secret museum. And I'm like, in Iceland? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like, hang them on the wall? I mean, then she put your coat on them? I don't know... It would depend on how big I, the dick is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Was it resting? Was it angry? I We don't know. Yeah, I just... It seems like in the Victorian era, that's when we kind of made the jump. There was a reference to a riding crop, like the handle of a riding crop was a dick. And then dicks became associated with the peen, if you will. Right. Because so, it started yeah. as a nickname for Richard. They talk about the rhyming. So like Robert becomes Rob becomes Bob. Uh, Margaret becomes Meg, then Peg. Richard becomes Rick, then Dick. Which I like that explanation because I'm always like, where do you get Dick from Richard? <laughs> So at least you have a good explanation. They like to rhyme things, I guess. London does say, you will never meet a black man named Dick, ever, period. <laughs> and I have to admit, I have never met a black man named Dick. The only men I've met have been very white and very old. So, Yeah, Benjamin comes in again and says, in the 1960s, we didn't have any more baby dicks. <laughs> like, <laughs> there were no more babies named Dick. And so they think that that's partially in result to tricky dick nixon tricky dick nixon <laughs> oh god do you want to talk about uh, a 1990s incident a political uh listen to do how this is the problem with gen x i don't remember this shit at all do you no i didn't know this episode okay. here of of sweet sweet history <laughs> okay so apparently in 1990 the new hampshire congressional raised one of the people running for Congress was Dick Sweat. <laughs> Do you think he's related to Keith Sweat? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> His opponent, Meldrum Johnson Jr., was pissed because he tried to get the election board or whomever to say, listen, he's got to use his actual name in the phone book, which would have been mm -hmm. Richard, Richard Sweat, because he's like, I know people are going to vote for Dick Sweat just because it's fucking funny. And he's absolutely right. I would have voted for Dick Sweat. <laughs> because it's funny. <laughs> so his claim was denied. And uh, guess what? Dick Sweat won. He's sweating all over New Hampshire at this point. I don't know if he's if he was a one-termer or not. But I'm like, oh, the posters would have been amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And then we talk about an SNL skit from 2006. Do you remember this one? Do I? <laughs> that one have coffee in my mouth <laughs> look it's my dick in a box okay <laughs> <laughs> i love this one it's a fucking hilarious skit all right it is really funny well so it's justin timberland right timberlake and oh fuck okay. <laughs> don't let me talk anymore today all right i'm done it's okay justin timberlake and i don't know the other guy's name i can't think of it andy samberg Thank At you. least that one I got right. There Jesus go. Christ. And they're very like 90s R&B, like uh, just the suits and the little tiny glasses and the very defined facial hair. Yeah. I think Color Me Bad kind of. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so they're presenting their dick as a gift at Christmas time. It's mm -hmm. my dick in a box. Jesus. And... <laughs> What's so funny is that is absolutely how men picture their penises, right? This is a gift <laughs> to women everywhere. My penis. 
Yes. Oh, oh, Lord. And they talk about they won an Emmy for the skit, but they couldn't even say the word on TV to give the award. Like, they censored that word out when they were giving the award for the skit. That's <laughs> amazing. They're so messed up here. I mean, like... Mm. Yeah, it is. Because they also talk about how dicks are seen as good and women and vulvas are not. But women nudity, female nudity, is prevalent throughout entertainment, whereas male nudity is, like, very taboo. Is it because they know their dicks aren't that fucking special and if we started seeing them all the time, we would come to realize that, too? I was going to call back um, a statement that I made about this time last year when I said, dick is just too powerful for the big screen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I love it so much. Can you imagine that shit on IMAX? Jesus Christ, it'd be like a skyscraper. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) Lord. And then we move into the ever-famous dick pics. Again, this goes back to the idea that men love their penis so much that they just assume women will love it and want to see it as well. Let's be honest, dicks are funny looking. They're just weird. They're useful. Absolutely. But weird. Right. Again, I will call back something we said. It really depends on who it's attached to. And if you have been yes. the victim of an unsolicited dick pic, <laughs> like, men of the world, you're just asking me to say something horrific to you. Yes. Don't do it. Don't do it. My favorite story is that my ex accidentally, not when we were together, he was dating someone else after we separated. He accidentally sent a dick pic to his stepmom because (laughs) her name was right next to the dating, the chick he was dating. (laughs) I don't know if she ever said anything to him, but she said something to me and I was like, oh girl, I am so sorry. (laughs) I bet that was years of therapy she had to take. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how you apologize for that. You just act like it didn't happen. It's kind of how you move on with life, I think. Well, let me share in kind then. Before I was dating my current boyfriend, there was a time that I was on the interwebs on the dating sites. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to have a date with a gentleman, but he stood me up. And it was a situation where I knew hours beforehand. So I wasn't just like left sitting at a restaurant, the tear running down my cheek. It wasn't anything like that. But, like, he never said anything to me. But afterwards, he sent me a dick pic. And I was like, is this an apology dick? (laughs) Is this, like, look what you missed out on dick? I mean, uh, to his credit, he did incorporate some scale here. Anyway, it just always always struck me as funny. Because he was like, well, surely this will make up for my lack of communication. Attendance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. But to wrap up Dick, one of the comedians, I wish I would have written down which one said it, but one of them said, I think it was London, said, Dick is such a satisfying thing to say. It's also satisfying to get. Yes, it is. (laughs) Satisfying to say, satisfying to get. That's right. It can can be. be. Let's not get crazy. (laughs) Right. That's not what we live for, people. (laughs) Right on, right on. Mm. Okay. What's episode five? Pussy, 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 pussy. Pussy cat, <laughs> pussy cat. I love I you. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Tom Jones. Thanks, Tom. Mm. I like how they started with it saying that we as women are starting to feel more empowered to say in public. I'm That was Muriel who said that. And I'm going to say, this is one word, oddly enough, I rarely say, unless I'm singing Tom Jones. 
I don't right. know why. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't use it very often. I mean, I don't know either. I can't say that. I think my parents used this for a nickname for me when I was a kid. Oh, like, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, like Pussycat. And I said it at school one time, and then they had to get called in and had to explain <laughs> themselves. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> it's your fault that I'm the way I am. Sure, Gordon. <laughs> hope you're happy with yourself. Right. I hope you're happy with yourself. That's hilarious. Uh, I know. Yeah. Or maybe I called another kid that or something, but there was some trigger mm. that I had to uh, get get the parents called in. So, And that's when I was very young. Yeah. Mm. So Corey says the earliest version of the word pussy is slang for cat, which is around the 1500s. But pretty much immediately after that becomes a term of affection for like a specific woman in your life, like your wife, a pet name for your wife or something, which I think is kind mm-hmm. of adorable, right? Right. Love it. But it's that double entendre of being able to use it as something naughty and something innocuous, like a cat at the same time. That is my favorite when they use that. Well, I think that that's a great comparison for your life as a woman at all. You're supposed to be everything and nothing all at the same time. You mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you're like, how am I supposed to decipher this? <laughs> so that's why I just quit listening. Yeah. Yeah. They say pretty soon it becomes a word to refer to female genitalia. They have two reigning theories as to why this might be, but there's none are really etched in stone. They think it comes from a Germanic word, or the sound that they used to make to call a cat, which is why it would refer to a cat. Or it came from an old Norse word used to describe a pocket pouch, which that just is... That's where you get the whole receptacle thing. And I'm like, Ugh. Think purse, right? Yeah. Like that sort of, yeah. Mm. And then they go into some old timey vagina <laughs> names. My favorite part of the entire documentary. <laughs> All six episodes. This is my favorite part, guys. Honeypot. That's one that we still kind of use, right? Like that, have you heard that reference mm-hmm. yeah. in, I don't know, the literature I'm reading? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> like that's still in usage. Mm-hmm. Garden of Venus. That's just too bulky. We don't mm-hmm. need that. We don't need that. Cypriot bag. That's horrible. The fuck? Right? Anything mm-hmm. that refers to my vagina and has the word bag in it, let's just cut that out right now. <laughs> We're not doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So Cecily Bump Trinket is the next one I have. That's my absolute favorite and the new name for my vagina is Cecily Bump Trinket. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that... That comes with like a top hat and a monocle. Mm. For the woman, I'd, sure, absolutely. I'd say a muff, but <laughs> I think that that's too easy. Oh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> thank you. <laughs> Should we explain what a muff is? It's like a little, like a little thing you put your hands in. It's like a little furry thing you put your hands in, which also could be. I I realize now that I've said it out. <laughs> not two if you if you can get two hands in there <laughs> you're a medical marble but think of how warm they would be um it is to 100%. keep it would be to keep your hands warm in the winter when I was a kid I wanted one so bad and my mom made one for me but yeah it was just a little white fur thing that you it's out outside of your coat when you put it in instead of having gloves or something on what are those like finger cuffs it's like finger cuffs for your hands there you go <laughs> Very so you don't get trapped in it. 
Um, and this is where everyone who listened to us before has stopped listening to us. <laughs> there goes anyway. all our listeners. I know, right? <laughs> all 20 of them. <laughs> but we love you. Okay, we do. Okay. Please stay. Mm. So they talk, They started talking about the Barrison sisters. They were a Follies act, a traveling explicit stage act. And they, they had a song that would sing about their pussies. They would talk about, do you want to see my pussy? And they go on and on. And at the end... They would lift up their skirts, and there were kittens under there. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, the disappointment on the men's faces, I absolutely can't imagine. <laughs> and all the women were like, ooh, kittens. It was really cute. <laughs> it's amazing. Kittens, yeah. <laughs> ooh. So in the 19, or sorry, 1890s through 1930s, the new meaning for pussy emerged. This is a weak man. Again, compared to a vagina, he's passive. It's a receptacle and kind of a bad reference. Yeah. Yeah. They say that the male use of the word is dropped off of late because it's denigrating a woman's body part. And I don't know that it's ever stopped a man from saying a word ever. So, but let's, can we be legit here? If you want to get a rise out of a man, boy, that's a good go-to. It really is. Very few react well to that word. And I've never understood that because in reality, pussies can take a beating, right? We birth children for fuck's mm-hmm. sake and they go right back to where they were. So uh, yet a penis and testicles, you barely, you know, have the wind blow too hard and they're like, oh, <laughs> fucking babies. Well, that's because, yeah, be, to be female is to be inherently weak. That's where that comes from. And it's yep. so irritating. That's what men have to tell themselves to feel like they're better than women, I guess. Yeah. They got something over us. Huh. Good times. Hmm. It is really funny. If you if you need it, it is there for you. I'm not saying you should use it without hmm. deferential, but it's there. It is there. Mm. You, use with your discretion. <laughs> So they talk about how we get most of our sexual education from porn. And someday we'll talk about how that's a bad fucking idea, right? That's something I have had to talk to my kids about. Like, listen, that's not real. That's not life. Do not, <laughs> do not think that this is real. Mm, mm. But I like how Muriel, she says, from the 70s, we see pussy being pretty frequently used in pornography. And I thought, well, yeah, you fucking do. I mean, it's right there. But she meant the word. And that's when porn kind of becomes a mainstream, right? It was like a you'd go on a date and go to the movie theater and see porn. I will never understand that. Porn chic, right? Yeah. yeah. Deep Throat. Debbie Does Dallas. Those kinds of classics, classics <laughs> that you watched with your friends. Like, mm. it's weird. Yeah. So much Bush. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How did they ever find it? Anyway. I mean, that was the thing. You never actually saw it. So it wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. I guess I that's know. true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they also talk about how there's a lot of animal nicknames for the vagina. Obviously, pussy, kitty, clam. <laughs> Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can keep going. We can keep going. Mm. But we won't. But, you know, Nikki Glacier says women are made to feel so bad about ourselves, especially this thing between our legs that we're not supposed to talk about and only share with Jesus and one man we choose to marry. Right. But everybody's after it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, wars have been started over it. I'm just saying. So, uh, 
Helen, mm -hmm. Helen, we're talking to you. Of Troy, yes. <laughs> they say it's her face, but really, okay. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing a new history documentary called <laughs> The History According to Aaron's? Because it's just like, no. <laughs> Bullshit. That's what we call. <laughs> Indeed. Let's talk about Dolomite just for a minute. So Rudy Ray Moore was a comedian in the 70s who had a character, Dolomite, that he played. But he would talk about explicit sex in really funny mm -hmm. ways. And that actually influenced rap later. I think Two Life Crew is really the best yeah. definition I can think of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is extremely controversial at the time. I mean, I remember my parents talking about this. And I might have mentioned that on the show before. But I'm like, oh, my God, it's reached, you know. White America. <laughs> Yes. And so it's leading to lawsuits over censorship, which Two Life Crew actually wins. Yes. And it's pushing boundaries. And it's notable because they did it by objectifying women. So pushing boundaries of censorship, good. Doing it by objectifying women, not good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it seems that in the rap jams, you can get away with that. Like, there's not a lot of standards for that. And so that even was called out a couple times within this. So I thought that was an interesting take. Yeah. And they also discuss how Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, talking about their pussies, a powerful thing in the 90s, really kind of led the way for Cardi B and others to start taking that word back and empowering right. it. Mm -hmm. And there's such polarizing topics to, to watch women be strong. So your sexual and you're strong. I mean, like, it's blowing people's minds left and right. Still. Still in 2023. Yeah. It's unacceptable, Aaron. I 100% I agree Take with your you. shoes off and go to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> and lastly, we'll talk about pussies in protest. So mm -hmm. think about Pussy Riot, who used their voices to protest Putin in Russia. Think about politics and Donald Trump grabbing women by the pussy. And that was kind of a call to arms for women everywhere to start protesting and wearing pussy hats and all of that. I'm glad that they felt like they were empowered enough to do that. I'm glad they didn't get arrested like Pussy Riot for doing that. But they say it's still a little early doors for us on full reclamation. It's still such a taboo word for women to say, especially even about our own genitalia. But you know what? Future's bright for pussy. So I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of inclusion in the pussy talk of the day, right? <laughs> so, right? So used in the gay community and others, mm -hmm. it's it's becoming more commonplace. Mm -hmm. People aren't afraid to talk about pussy. So that's good. We're, yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> Hopefully in my lifetime, we'll see it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be lovely? Okay. Okay. The last episode, and it does seem a little anticlimactic, but stay with us here, mm. is about the word damn. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I kind of noted that none of the letters were starred out like they were on the other words. So that kind of summarizes where we are with the word damn in society. So basically damn is coming to the end of its story arc. It's becoming a little less powerful. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there are definitely segments of society that don't 
like the use of damn, but everybody else is like, this is my Tuesday word. Like nobody cares about it. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that they talk about, this is the only one that was an actual curse. And I never, I guess I never thought about it when you use the, the term curse words, but it was literally, if you were to damn someone, you were talking about, you wanted God to do something to them. You damning them to hell. It was a pretty severe curse in the old England some point in time. Right. It was almost like you were asking the Almighty to take some action. Right. And I would like to point out, yeah. the Almighty never did take action. So maybe take no people. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, Dam has fallen on hard times now. Right. Had he used it appropriately and actually followed through on his promise, we wouldn't be here right now with Dam. There's also kind of in the, let's say, 12th century, 15th century, not only is it to curse, but it's also a judgment, like a conviction to damn somebody in that way, mm -hmm. too. So there's a little bit of play on that. And so our friend Isaiah from the shit episode, he's talking about, again, some of the inflection that you use when you say damn. It's high damn, like damn, or low damn, damn. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy. I love him so much. Listen, DeRay Davies, or Davis, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. But he said he used to call some women damn, damn girls. He's like, he would see them with their back to you and they look all good. And you're like, damn. And then they turn around and you see the fish. You're like, damn. You know, like, Ugh. like That's horrible. Right. But really fucking funny. <laughs> and they talk about damn has got a weird spell. So it's D-A-M-N. And in here, I'm realizing now that I wrote damn, D-A-M-E a couple times. And that's not even close. That's dame. So like Judy Dent. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad no one sees my notes. Yeah. So the big religious swears, kind of a big deal in the Middle Ages, but again, they're phasing out, except for if you want a little extra damn, you go with a goddamn. Yeah. They were talking about in the Middle Ages, the worst thing you could say actually was by God's bones. I mean, Surely it's got a punch in there somewhere and I'm missing the inflection. <laughs> My God's bones. I'm I know. Sure. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, the goddamn, it just carries more gravity, right? It, it, it's like a punch. Like, it's not just damn. It's goddamn. Now you're bringing God into it. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Is your mom next? Fuck off. Okay. So Melissa says, before the 1600s, there were some thoughts, nothing proven, that the English were known as Le goddams by the French. And that's just because they said goddamn so goddamn much. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and again, you're in war and you're saying goddamn and nothing's happening. Maybe take Except note. for the war. Except for the war itself. But, but God isn't coming down and smiting the French. That was people caused. Yeah. Yes, absolutely people caused. Ugh. It is the only swear word that is in the Bible. In the 16th century, damn is becoming... More of a swear word, less of a swear word, I'm not sure. But it's still in the Bible. When the Bible was revised in the 19th century, they edit all the dams out. Dams be gone. And uh, in 1781, you get the first appearance of darn. <laughs> right? So they have a name for those. It's a minced oath. Yeah. I've never heard that phrase before, but I love it. I mean, yeah, it's so, I don't know, milk toast. <laughs> It is. Well, Baron Vaughn, who might be my new favorite comedian, he said it sounds like a cereal. And then he goes on to say, well, you got your gosh darn o's 
your raisin drafts, corn sornets, and honey nut tarnation. So funny. I would I would buy all of those, by the way. Honey nut tarnation. <laughs> Fuck all. Oh, right. 100%. <laughs> Can we go back and talk about Isaiah and the other stuff that <laughs> he's talking about? Common curses by different countries. Yes. Did you? Okay. I didn't write them down. Oh, I did. I penciled those in. Um, (laughs) So if you're Russian, their most common curse is pee hole dandruff. That's so bad. What is that? I don't know. Do I want to know? I don't think so. I could Google it, but then I just have to scrub my eyeballs. Okay. (laughs) Germans, you have the butt violin, which I'm like, okay, there's probably a reason for that. You Mm -hmm. could... You can make some inference there. Mm-hmm. South Africa, though, they're extremely creative. The biggest Afrikaans insult is, I hope your finger turns into fish hooks and your balls start to itch. There's a lot going on there. A lot going <laughs> on there. That is so long. It is so long. It's so long. Like halfway through that, I would have walked away from whoever's insulting them. Like, whatever. I, I'm not got time for this. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I love it so much. I do. So... Let's go back and talk about Hayes Code for a minute. So the Hayes Code was a strict morality code for movies. Think about when we talked about Scotty's Hollywood, right? How all these actors and actresses had to be not just on screen, but off. They had to be prim. They had to be proper. They couldn't say any bad words. You couldn't even infer sex, really. That didn't happen. And it was very strict. So you couldn't say damn hell or anything. Right. And now you have David Oselznick, who wants to make Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. And at the end of Gone with the Wind, as we all know, he tells Scarlett he doesn't give a damn. That's right. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Right? I mean, arguably one of the most famous lines in cinema. Yes. Right after Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And so he has to go, like, he tries to talk to the, the, the people at the censoring and he's like, hey, listen, this is what it says in the book. We have to say the same thing because it says this in the book. And they're like, nope. Don't be a douche. I love that he argues for accuracy because I'm like, fuck yeah, accuracy. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I have a comment about that in a minute. So he goes to Hayes himself and possibly bribed him, but you know, that's under the table. But they finally decided to change it. And so they said, okay, you could use like damn or hell if it's used for historical accuracy historical accuracy what the fuck does dam have to do with the story unless you're talking about building a dam i don't know how that would fly yeah it feels like a reach to me as well but they also said or artistic integrity so that's the one they probably used a lot i mean isn't that in essence what every nude scene is based on it's got to be you know artistic integrity of this piece is get why the tits you got to out. get naked <laughs> But don't show your vulva, okay? Like mm-hmm. they won't understand that. the complexity of your emotion if your tits are not out. <laughs> if they're not breasting boobily, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were drinking again. Fuck. Uh I hate when my uh anyway. breast boobily. Anyway. <laughs> so from there they talk about the word damned is everywhere, right? They're like village of the damned, children of the damned, queen of the damned. You have damn Yankees, the musical, you have damn Yankees, the band. I don't understand this one. In 1986, the Transformers movie added a damn and a shit to it. 
to avoid being the dreaded G rating. I'm like, it's a fucking cartoon. Cartoon. Calm down. Lofty. Okay. It was a thinker's piece. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. A lot of subtlety in that one. I mean, how are you going to stand out? Okay. From land before time or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. So some of the biggest moments for Dam, uh, they talk about the episode of Good Times when Florida Evans lost her husband. That was actually a really emotional scene. She's in her kitchen and she just kind of breaks down. She starts throwing things on the ground and breaking them and just screams damn really loud a couple times. And I'm like, that you can feel. That's artistic yeah. integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar having an album called Damn and winning a Pulitzer for an album called Damn. Mm-hmm. The rent is too damn high political party. The dam is really doing the work there, emphasizing what it needs to. And that was in 2005, not even the 2022. Can we get that back? Yeah, I think we need that again. (laughs) Where is Jimmy McMillan at now? (laughs) Absolutely. So then we'll wrap this up by saying dam is facing retirement, you guys. It's just on the decline as far as punchiness. Yeah, how can you compete with like fuck or pussy you just can't Mm -hmm. you can't yeah yeah but to wrap all of it up all the swearing Mm -hmm. talk about swearing is essential for communication i agree Mm -hmm. it can be a real catharsis also agree Mm -hmm. they say swear words tell us what we value and where our morals lie you're not wrong i like i think swearing is caring like, if you trust me enough to swear in front of me, then we're peeps. Okay. Right? It's when you're at your most human that you're swearing. Right. And I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. <laughs> Fucking A. Such a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we need to put a double expletive on this episode. Is that possible? I don't know. Is it like a triple X, which isn't actually a thing, but we all thought triple X was like super, super X rated. I don't know. I think it'd be really funny to actually count the swears in this (laughs) and like see what the average is that we have, because I bet you it's not that different. (laughs) Than no normal episode? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Yes. Mm -hmm. Other than I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever said pussy in another episode, but I will now. Just work it in every... (laughs) Slide it in. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Then let's talk about uh, next week when we get a little bit more serious again. Yeah, this was light and fluffy and I loved it. But next week we're going to we're going to break it down. What are we doing? Getting back to some true crime this this round. uh, We're going to do Capturing the Killer Nurse. This is a net. Right. Yeah. (laughs) A Netflix jam. 2022 release. About an hour and 34 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there's like a companion movie that. Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain are in. It's actually really good. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Watch Love one that. then the All other. Right. I don't know. Whatever yeah. you want to do. And I'll never want to go to any medical establishment ever again. No. Yeah. Beyond that, we'll ask you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at GoDocYourself. And uh, yeah, come and see uh, what new content we've got and see what you think. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Good, bad, and different. Just be nice, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Um, We look forward to giving you more content, more stuff about us in general as human beings and uh, whatever Mm -hmm. else you guys want. So we will talk at you next week. All right. 
Laters, bitches. <laughs> Bye, bitches. <laughs> Bye.